another episode of the Philly Eye Podcast, broadcasting from the Last Out Media Studios. Where do we begin today? A great question. And I hope, well, I don't know where we're going to begin. I want to end this show leaving all of you who are listening with a sense of optimism and maybe a clearer direction or picture of where Philly sports as a whole is and where we seem to be headed. So as I was coming up with a topic for today's show, because Eagles are, you know, all the Eagles points are overblown or over-talked about with the Sirianni press conferences, and flower points and the, you know, the lack of adjustments, the lack of the running game. What is Hurts? Sixers, it's where is Ben? Is Ben seriously hurt? Is he really dealing with something mentally? Why didn't Daryl do it sooner? Why is Joel B playing a meaningless October game with knee injuries? Like and the Phillies. You know, it's painful watching the Braves hold their own and go up two one on the Astros and you look at your own baseball team and while Harper won NL's most outstanding player, pretty much all you have. Our, our brightest spot in Philadelphia right now is definitely the Flyers. They're playing really well hockey or really good hockey. I love the moves they made in the offseason. I still think we need a a superstar, but I do think this current core with this goalie in Carter Hart can make some noise in the NHL. I say all that to say, right now, you might think, I came up with a couple words to describe the landscape of Philly sports right now. I came up with bleak, confusing, to an extent murky, depressing, and there's a huge lack of expectation. One of the main talking points with the Eagles coming into the year was, oh, well, I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. I'm not expecting a deep playoff run. So I can just sit back and casually watch Eagles football every week. Yeah, no. If the Eagles were 4-4, four 3-4, and 4, three and four, around 500, playing well, just getting beat by great quarterbacks and just flat-out better teams, I think we'd be okay. But when you play like they've played the past month, I am almost ready to book them for a loss tomorrow against Detroit. And I don't think it's crazy. Because Eagles like, oh, the Lions are a bad football team. Newsflash, so are the Eagles. Oh, well, the Lions have a first-year head coach. Go to the Eagles. Jared Goff's not that good. Neither is Jalen Hurts. They don't run the ball well. Well, the Lions actually do run the ball well. And their running back is significantly better than our running back. 
it's just set up to be this 17, 13, just boring, depressing Halloween Eagles-Lions game. The Eagles played the Lions on Thanksgiving not too long ago, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that was with Chip Kelly? Uh, I believe, yeah, yeah. And it was just, like, sad. 2014, it, it, I believe it was, like, 2014 or 2013, the first year of, of Chip. Right. Wasn't that, like, a sad loss? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's Actually, it wasn't even a sad loss. Was it Minnesota or... Uh, the Vi- the Minnesota or Detroit where they got the beat down in December. I guess that was December that they got a beat down under Chip. I think it was in Minnesota, so I'm I'm conflating those two. For some reason I have a Detroit I'll have to look this up as well. Like a bad Detroit Lions Eagles game that is just haunting my brain all of a sudden. Lion Eagles Thanksgiving is the first thing that pops up. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, here it is. Matt Stafford throws for 337 yards and five touchdowns. 45-14 win. Eagles starting quarterback that day was Mark Sanchez. The Sanchez? And people were probably like, oh, well, you know, we have Jalen Hurts this time. They have Jared Goff. <laughs> Dare I compare Jalen Hurts to Mark it was Sanchez? Also one of the, yeah, it was also one of the last years of Megatron. One of the That's greatest true. wide receivers ever. He had three touchdowns that game. Eight catches, 93 yards, three touchdowns. That's a fantasy day to remember. Oh, what is that? Eight and nine is 17.3, then 21. That's like a 40-point day right there for Calvin. But anyway, like, don't don't put it past the Eagles to go into Detroit and just get – I'm not going to say they're going to get boat raced because I don't think Detroit can put up, like, 50, but – it's going to be a slow, painful Sunday. Yeah. Lions are going to run the ball and run the ball. They're going to completely own the time of possession. Yeah. And it's funny because we're talking about a, two first-year head coaches, one of which clearly has their his team bought in, but they're not talented enough to get the win right. in Detroit. And then another team in the Eagles where they're not, they're, they're not buying into Nick Sirianni. You don't think they're buying into the flower? No. And the I'm, I, yeah. And no. Are you, Greg? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And I forget who told me this when I was younger, but it came back to the forefront of my mind this week. The more people talk and tell you how good they are, they're not very good. Yeah. Kind of, kind of showboating type yeah, of deal. Yeah, and the hurts. He's got a quote after every week, like dog mentality or rents due every week, and you take a deuce and you flush it. You don't stare at it. And Sirianni's like beat Dallas shirt, and it's just like, guys, what are you trying to cover up? The fact that you can't coach and you can't play quarterback. Yeah, Nick Sirianni's more worried about wearing a Julius Irving sweatshirt on the right. sidelines, like. Pandering to the fan base, I which which is part of the game here in Philadelphia. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Pandering right. to the fan base is part of the game, right? To being a successful head coach, but so is winning. Yeah, but like look at Doug. Like Doug's first year, people were like, "Yeah, guy doesn't really pander to us." Second year, he wins Super Bowl. We love Doug. Yeah, like that's all that matters. All is forgotten. Yeah, if you win, we hated Nick Foles the first time around. Nick Foles comes back. That Nick- was that was the first Q- big QB controversy. From right. the Chip Kelly era, because uh, era, because obviously you had the twenty-seven and three year, right, where he went completely nuts. Yeah, the seven touchdowns against the Raiders. Yep. Yep. Speaking of the Raiders, that game was pathetic. I don't. 
And I don't want to harp on the past games because, you know, I really want to focus on the next one in Detroit. But watching the Eagles march down the field in the first drive, I was like, okay. Vegas isn't that good. So this is going to be competitive. The Eagles lost the game when their head coach decided to give Oakland another third down instead of just forcing them to punt. Something I've never seen in football. I don't care how bad you think the other team is. Why are you giving them an extra shot to go down the field? Especially because it was going to be, what, fourth and five, fourth and four? Yeah, make them make a decision. If you're going to go for it, like... Put the pressure on them, not, oh, we'll give you another third down. Good. We'll give you two plays. And that was a bomb, too. Right. This team, and I don't really want to harp on the defense because I knew the defense wasn't going to be that good coming in. They were front line and two corners good. That was it. They had a dominant four and two good corners, and everything else was just um, like sticky tape or whatever. It's like filling in the holes. And I, I said this to John for weeks. I love Devonta Smith. I think he's going to be great. I wanted Micah Parsons. Uh, you're speaking my language. For one reason. The only way you win football games in the NFL, you play good defense and you run the ball. I'm not saying you have to run the ball 50 times. This is not 1980s football. But you have to have the threat of a running game and a good defense. And we had the front line. Brandon Graham got hurt. I get it. It sucks. We have zero linebacking play. Zero. I love Singleton. TJ Edwards, Sean Bradley, South Jersey native. Good, great stories. They're special teams guys. And I know we have three first round picks this year, and everybody. I'm sorry. I might not use one on a quarterback. Because right now. I don't know who the best quarterback coming out of the draft is. It was supposed to be Howe and Rattler. And they don't look the part right now. No, Oklahoma looks terrible. They do. And the North Carolina kid, Howe, just he reminds me of Mitch Trubinsky. See, I, I'm also of the uh, – I also think that this the, – the, the, what we're seeing on the field with Jalen Hurts isn't a full story of how good this kid can be. Because I think it all comes down to coaching. Because I think they're trying to force on this ticky-tack – BS, uh, high school level playbook on a college quarterback that may be NFL worthy. So I'm with you. I don't. Th- I wouldn't waste any of those three picks on a on a quarterback this year. Get bulk bolster up that defense. Anything you can. There's, now first of all, everybody's like, oh yeah, let Carson play. Let Carson play. I hope you guys realize the more Carson plays well the worse that first-round pick becomes. Like, it's still a first-round pick. But instead of having three top ten, you're going to have probably, at this point, two top five. And something 17 to... Actually, they might make the playoffs. Uh, 13 to 22. Which, that's still a first-round pick, but... You know, I don't, I'm not trusting Howie to draft outside the top five. I don't even know if I trust him to draft inside the top five. Yeah, you got you to gotta hope they hit. Right. You got to hit. No, there's going to be incredible non-quarterback talent. The tight end from Texas A&M and the incredible pass rusher out of Oregon, Thibodeau, and 
Stingley from LSU. Like, there's opportunities for Eagles to get impact players. I just don't want them to feel like, oh, Hurts deserves a second year. I think Hurts is a backup quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think he'll ever be a legit starter. Watched him in Oklahoma. He was one read, pulled down and run, which is why they went to Tua. Goes to Oklahoma. They played teams like Mercer every week that couldn't play defense. He had incredible receiver talent, and Lincoln Riley's system just caters to quarterbacks. Just the, caters to quarterbacks. The amazing cupcake schedule of a of right. a college college uh, D one program is is overhyping Jalen Hurts. Is your is what you're telling me? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like there's some quarterbacks that you come in and you like, all right, they're battle tested. You look at their schedule. Who who did Jalen Hurts beat in Oklahoma consistently? Texas. <laughs> Under Tom <laughs> Herman, like that. They, Texas is in shambles. So. Right, like that. They play TCU. Um, Texas Tech. Like not not they weren't playing Alabama. They weren't playing Georgia. They they weren't playing these powerhouses that they had to go through with Clemson. Nah. Also, reason why I'm not that high on Spencer and uh, Howell right now. Desmond Ritter, it's the guy I want. Am I using a top five pick on him? Eh. I don't know about that yet. I don't. I don't know where the Eagles should go when it comes to draft time. But what I do know is, Hertz isn't the answer. And I don't know if I'm willing to give Sirianni a second year. All because if he gets a second year, Howie gets more years. Significantly more years. And I'm trying. At, I know you weren't here, but beginning of the year, I told you know my pod, I'm giving Howie a clean slate. He got, he's got a clean slate. I'll forget everything in the past. I'm judging you from, I think it was like the draft one. Draft, I gave him like a B. Okay. Off season, all right, like a, probably like a C. All right. I think you handled the Wentz thing completely wrong. Right now, your overall grade is trending toward a D. Because your coach doesn't, not only does your head coach not look like a coach, your defensive coordinator doesn't know what he's doing. Your players are calling out the defensive scheme seven weeks in. Fletcher Cox has been non-existent, and I believe Fletcher. I believe he's a team player. All right, this is my role. This is what I'm supposed to do. I don't like it, but this is what I'm supposed to do. Slice is the same thing. McLeod is the same thing. When your star players are saying the scheme's not working, <laughs> that's an issue. Because they're all veterans. They've all played at the high level. They've all won Super Bowls. So they know what works, and this is not working. Oakland sucked at running the ball, and they ran up. And down the field. Derek Carr was 31 of 34. Derek Carr sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's below. He's a, certainly a below average QB. Right. 31 to 34 is insane. Which is another reason why people were like, oh, we're playing Jared Goff. Um, <laughs> okay. Goff can go 31 to 34 for 300 on this defense. If, if I'm say, I will say this on the Philly iPad right now. If, if, if they lose to Detroit and Jared Goff goes 90% or 80% or better, Incompletion. You fire everyone right then and there. 
before they even get back to Philly. Probably should. Because it's because you you can't have you can't have that. You can't have a two and six team lose to an zero and seven team that's now one and seven, giving up that kind of numbers. Because you're probably that probably means you lost by like fifteen or more, fourteen or more. Right. And what is your opinion on the people that say, "Oh, but Hurst is putting up numbers, even though they're garbage time numbers"? Like I hate I hate the garbage time, like. Oh, look at Hertz's numbers. His numbers are comparable to I don't know Lamar Jack. Like no, no, yeah, they're yeah. not because Lamar does it in the first three quarters. He's when playing the games meaningful. Yeah, Lamar's doing it. In, yep, exactly. Lamar's doing it in the meaningful minutes, getting cr- getting wins, becoming an MVP caliber player. Right. Jalen Hurts is just covering for the guy that's sitting on his couch hoping for a touchdown on his fantasy football team. Right. I. I the moment they drafted Jalen Hurts, I said he's a great backup. He's a great backup. Wentz, let's be honest, gets hurt. So you need a good backup. And you saw in the New Orleans game last year. Give Hurts a start every now and then when defense can't game plan around him. He's going to look really good. But when teams now have 15 weeks of tape on the guy in a cupcake offense... This is the quarterback you had. And this is the quarterback all of you told me was better than Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz looks pretty good in Indianapolis right now. They seem to be on a roll. And I know they're, what, two and four? Two and four, three and five, two, three and four. Two and five, five, yeah. Yeah. They lost to, like, Ryan Tannehill when Derrick Henry had 300 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson in overtime when he just went complete bonkers. Um... Russell Wilson, week one, when he threw for 500. Like, none, none of those issues were Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz plays phenomenal this year. I'm telling you right now, that injury, that foot injury, or the surgery that he had, mm-hmm. was the root cause of all of his ailments since high school. They said that, that this was a lingering thing that they just discovered uh, in, the, in this past offseason when he got to the Colts. They got it repaired. His knee looks better. His back is feeling better. His head, obviously, the concussion separate from that. If the Eagles had done that or noticed that, now I get it because no one at North Dakota State noticed it. No one in the Eagles pre-draft noticed it throughout the season. That's just weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. But now that it's fixed, he's a quarterback in this league. Miraculous. Another reason I'm not eager to give it a bend. When players seem to leave the city, it seems to work out. Interesting. It's just wild, you know? But I, I don't think Ben's going to learn to shoot, ever. doesn't matter where he goes. He could go to Indiana, L.A., maybe L.A. If he ends up in L.A., whether it's the Lakers, Golden State, or uh, Clippers, who cares, what whatever it is, maybe then. But if he's in some rendi- uh, third-tier, second-tier team like Indiana or somebody, he's never learning. Never. doesn't matter. I actually think that helps him. Being in a no-name state or no-name like team. Sacramento. Yeah. Portland. Cleveland. Minnesota. I've always thought a no, like, non-prime city. He's not going to be on primetime games anymore. If he's in Sacramento, he'll be at, like, 10, 30, 60 games of the year. The only time you're going to see a Ben Simmons highlight is, like, on Twitter when he has, like, an incredible dunk. Yes. So, the... 
he'll never be in a playoff game again, so that pressure will be eliminated. I almost think it'll be like, wow, this is my team. No one's going to care what I'm doing. And it's almost just like a weight lifted off his shoulders, and he'll just go yeah. play basketball. He'll play dis- play well in January, February, make right. the All-Star game. Right. Become a perennial, like, all-team defense, second team, first team, whatever it may right. be. You're going to hate playing Sacramento. Cause yeah. If you're the Warriors, you'll be like, great. Steph is going to be chased around the floor for 48 minutes by Ben Simmons. But By the way, Indianapolis is 3-4. and four. They're even better than we thought. I don't because they started off rough. I don't want anything to do with Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> I <sighs> sorry, Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, because we were talking about them earlier. Colts. Oh, I went back. I th- we had to go back to that. Three and four. Ah, even better. I still, I still think they're going to win the division. I know Tennessee's playing well, but Indy had a rough schedule to start. I think they have like yeah. the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Jaguars coming up in like three of the next four weeks. They'll probably be seven and th- seven and four in a month. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they have Tennessee tomorrow, and then it's the Jets, Jaguars, and then the Bills and Bucks. All right, never mind. That Tennessee game will be interesting. But back back to our landscape. Eagles are so easy to get off on a tangent with. <laughs> so during the past couple of weeks, I. I want to look at the star landscape. Because, like, every city, every major sports city in America, you go Boston, L.A., I'll be nice, Chicago, New York, Brooklyn. Am I missing one? All right, I'll be nice, Miami. All have superstar talent with championship aspirations or trending toward championship aspirations. So I put us up against them. Like in L.A., you got between LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, A.D., Westbrook, um, Stafford, Cup, Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Herbert, Eckler, Allen. I mean, the Dodgers, you could list their entire roster. Scherzer, Turner, Betts, Ballinger. Smith, Seeger, uh, Trout, Otani. Uh, you're gonna gonna embarrass myself with the hockey, so I'm gonna come to you. Who we got? We in California. We got the Kings. Yeah, Kings. We got. Well, if we're going, are we going up at just California or up and yeah. down the West Coast? Just, just LA. We're just gonna focus on LA. Uh, Sacramento Kings, Anaheim Ducks. All right. Yeah. Corey Perry still out there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, nah, the ki- Kings haven't been good. Kings are in a rebuild. Ducks are the Ducks. They haven't won since Pronger was on their team. God. All right. Then you got New York. What? Kemba, Durant, Irving, Harden, Saquon, uh, Lindor, Baez, Garrett Cole, Ju- like all these major cities have notable names that are the top fifteen to twenty in their sport, and all their, their teams for the most part are good and competitive. Sixers have Ben and Joel. Right now, just Joel. Flyers have Carter Hart. Phillies have 
Harper, Wheeler, and to an extent, Realmuto. Eagles have Smith and Slough. But I, those names just don't. For the exception of Embiid, Harper, and Hart. And Hart's not even that big a name yet. Yeah, he, he's not. I, I think we just uplift him so much. Because we uplift him because you're hoping that he has a bounce back year. Right. Which I think he will. They which he's shown signs. Like right. tonight in Calgary on Saturday night, they, they he's getting the start tonight against Calgary. If he if he plays well again, people are going to start buying back into him. I never gave him a card to heart. Good, you shouldn't have. Nah, no, I, mean, I didn't. I, I talked really, about it on my podcast, and there's no way you I really can't. Had, I had no, I had no choice but to buy him a card heart. I mean, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a Flyers fan. Like people were telling me about Carter Hart since he was like 10. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, like as soon as you drafted him at 17, right? It was like this kid's gonna be great. Yeah, and, and he proved it. I still don't know why we. Well, last year, what was his lack of defense? Yeah, that's what I mean. This, this offseason was built to get. Carter Hart, right, right. That's what Chuck Fletcher and the and the and AV did. Right, they posted up the blue line with Ristolainen and Ryan Ellis, who have their own concerns. Fairly, but it's looking good so far. Pam Atkinson is going to be a household name. That's a name that you we got to keep an eye. I was, I think that the news broke when I was doing a podcast, and I and I was talking to one of the guys who's been on Cliff. I was like, now we got Cam Atkinson. I just need Tarasenko, and he's like, what? You want a taco? It's like, it's like, <laughs> no, like Tarasenko, like the hockey player. He's like, that sounds like a Mexican dish. And that was the extent of our Flyers conversation for the day. Because I was <laughs> like, okay, we, we can't continue down this road. But yeah, just those stars in Philadelphia just don't add up or compete or, or on par with the rest of the league. And it's just not, I don't want to say not fair because I don't want to sound like childish, but it's almost like ownership malpractice in the city like this city that is so sports hungry and so sports crazy should have more stars and i know it's going to be hard to compete with la the weather and the atmosphere and you know everybody's just out in la i get it but the process like we had numerous numerous chances to put something around Ben and Joel, and we had Jimmy here with him. We let him go. I remember the Flyers were after Suter and Parisi, or Parise, what was that, six years ago? Yeah, that six was in years ago. That was 2012 or so. Yeah, oh, God, it was 2012. Wow. Because Minnesota did it, and now they're, they're reaping. reaping the, they're, they're, they're hurt now. Right. Which, ironically, was by Chuck Fletcher. The now GM of the Flyers. Oh, really? But he, he was more. Things. It was more of an ownership decision. Like, hey, we got to pay these stupid amounts of uh, amounts of money. Yeah, we got to pay to get. And it has because it's Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it hasn't worked out. So you know what? Good, good on you. Right. The Phillies. I was talking to my friend the other day. I was like, ten years ago. I was fifteen. I was eleven. So four. I was like ten or eleven years old when the 07 Phillies like captured the city i was like wow like started getting the baseball i really like baseball this team's good you never want to miss an at bat they're always coming back every trade deadline you're like oh who are we gonna get i've had 10 years of nothing yeah it's all it, it the the phillies wasteland is something 
is it's something special facetiously. Right. Like it, it, it's bad. It, it, it's actually a miracle that Bryce Harper decided to come here. It is. I I swore it was going to take 500, 600 mil. Something stupid, like yeah. Like the Phillies were just going to be like, dude, what do you want? And I mean, 330 technically is that, but I thought that was a discount. It felt like it. Yeah. That's for sure. He, I think he was sold a bill of goods that wasn't is not coming to fruition. Right. And you heard him in the off season go, saying we need to replenish our 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 uh farm system. Farm system. We need town. Which ironically is only going to be replenished if you waive your no trade clause, Harper. You unload real Muto also. That's not happening. No. But like the the Phillies are uh like looking at the Phillies is how I see Philadelphia sports as a whole. Like, we've all been sold as false bill of goods. Here are our stars. You know, we got Maury. We got Fletcher. We got Owie. Dombrowski. You know, we're, we're going all in. All, all in for what? The Phillies. This is like your fourth straight year of a collapse. Sixers haven't gotten out of the second round. The Flyers, two years ago in the bubble, you were like, whoa, where'd this team come from? And then next year, they're like, yeah, we're kind of reverting back to our old ways. Now, I know there were, you know, issues like players missing and all that. I'm not, you know, saying the Flyers are trending down. And the Eagles, I had a franchise quarterback, and now it's, what? I'd kill for Doug Peterson right now. Like, Doug Peterson is probably sitting back looking at this like, oh. you guys thought it was me. Like, him and Carson are probably talking like, they thought it was us. All they had to do, you could unload, if you were, if the relationship that they were talking about that was deciphered where they were in a broken relationship with right. Doug and Carson, and you decided you're going to try and keep Doug, and then Doug comes back to you and goes, fine, but give me more power. Give me more of a say in the room. And, and Roseman and Lurie said, no, you're our puppet. Even though you won us a Super Bowl, all they had to do was give him a little bit more power. Yeah, he didn't want chip power. No, because that's the that's the thing. The chip power is what is holding is a cloud over Lurie for some reason, despite what you saw in the success of 2017. Right. And now it's it it's a joke, absolute joke that you have this puppet high school quarterback, whatever you want to call him, co- coach in Nick Sirianni, and it's not. It, this is not ending well. Doesn't matter if they win on win tomorrow on Sunday against Detroit or not. It's not ending well. No, it's not. So we're twenty two. So I'm gonna go around Philly and we're gonna give like a kind of a third period marking grade here before we enter the fourth quarter. So where are we? So the Sixers had a pretty rough ending. Uh, we all know the the past, the infamous past. It's gonna be forever ingrained in my head. Ben Simmons passing the thigh ball. Then we had the Simmons fallout. You know they met in Chicago. He wants out. Tried to be quiet. Tried to play right. Didn't happen. Now it's blown up. Embiid's health and performance. I'm still questioning why he never got knee surgery last year. Thank you. Yep. Like, first of all, um, 
99% sure he tore his meniscus back in January. Not June or May. May, yeah, whenever, May, whenever yeah. they did it in Washington. Because if he tore it in Washington, and then three days later, he's Euro-stepping, hitting fadeaways, and sprinting up and down the court, scoring 40 at night, your knee's not really torn. That's why I believe he tore it in January. Also, it's October 30th. Joel, why are you playing right now? Like, why are you playing? Like, I understand that you're trying to be the guy, you know, the Ben situation. You're trying to show the city that I'm, you know, I'm better than him. I'm going to lead this team. Great. We all believe you. We saw you do it five straight years. Can you just get healthy, please? Enough with the MVP award. Enough with the I want to be this and that. Daryl, why didn't he get knee surgery? The moment the clock hit zero against the Hawks in game seven and you were booed off the court, that night, because I think it was a Sunday afternoon, that night he should have been under the knife getting meniscus surgery. There's no reason for him to be playing on a bum knee right now. There's zero reason because it's not getting better between now and the end of the season. It's just not going to get better. It's not going to get better. And let's also not forget that he signed his contract extension this offseason. How is it not a stipulation to his signing of that contract on the Sixers end and Daryl Morey's end? Listen, he needed to get the surgery too. Sign this, get the surgery, be right by November, December at the latest. I don't need you till February. See, uh, it's to, to that point, because of the mess that Ben Simmons is, he definitely felt pressure like, I have to be out on the court if Ben Simmons is not out there, despite the Sixers' record with only Ben Simmons and without Joel. It's a bad situation. This team is going to be fighting this for a playoff a, spot. This is a 4-7 to seven seed. It, it's just what they are. They're, they're a 4-7 to seven seed for as long as... For as long as Ben is here in this current climate. Yeah. Now, if they trade Ben and get Lillard, you know, obviously it shifts. That's not but happening. That's no, the, it's not. It's but not. I'm saying if that happens, then you'll shift. But right now, yeah. this team's a 4-7 to seven seed. And seeding doesn't really yeah. matter anymore in the playoffs. No, it doesn't. Hawks showed you that. Yeah. Milwaukee you, showed you that. If you can be a 4, then you have home court advantage at least for that first round right. against the 5. And then you see where the chips fall. Right. you got to steal one on the road. That's all you got to do. Steal one on the road. And if you have two superstars, shouldn't be that hard to steal one on the road. Doc Rivers. I know we just met. I'm the biggest Brett Brown fan on the East Coast. Good for I, you. I think I'm a bigger Brett fan than his dad. Brett 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 Brown, Brett, for, uh, Brett Brown club fan. Yes, hundred percent. I am the, the face leader of the Brett Brown fan club. Uh I understand he had some faults. I understand he was to blame for how that Celtic series and that bubble series ended. But I don't think he should have been scapegoated because the issues at hand, while they could be blamed under coaching, Embiid was never in shape and never took it seriously. Never really had a GM since... Hinky, yeah. 
He's tried to play 2020 NBA basketball with two centers, two guards that can't shoot, and Tobias Harris. And he had a point guard that isn't a traditional point guard. That's a nice way of putting it. Right. I love Ben. <laughs> I love Ben, so I try to sugarcoat as much as possible. And while Doc made that team a one seed, I guess, Doc also got a bought-in Joel Embiid. A new roster with actual shooters that complement Ben Simmons' game. A comparable NBA bench that Brett never had. And a fluky season, half of which there were no fans in the crowd. And the league was just down altogether. And we got a coach coming from L.A. with two superstars. On the way out, bashed him on the way out, saying it didn't work. In other places, you can see doesn't play his young players, doesn't make adjustments in-game or in the playoffs, and is stubborn. So you go from a guy in Brett, apparently, no accountability, which, I don't know, I heard him call out Ben and tell him he needs to shoot plenty of times. If that's not accountability, I don't know what is. I heard him tell Joel Embiid he needs to stop eating Chick-fil-A and get in shape. That's not accountability. I don't know what that is. I saw a coach for years not have a point guard. Then he's a point guard that can't shoot, and everybody's telling him he's not a point guard. And I'm supposed to believe Doc Rivers, who's stubborn, doesn't play young players, and is so rigid and just, like I said, stubborn in his ways, is supposed to take this team from Brett and make it great? That was fooled last year because I thought he did it. Turns out, all the flaws we saw with Brett are the same flaws we're seeing with Doc. Blowing 20-point leads. And Bede's not healthy. Guards still won't shoot. Brett actually told Ben more publicly to shoot than Doc. Doc said, I don't care if he shoots. I'm not going to make him shoot. You want me to take him out of the game? I'm not going to do that. But when Brett did it, no. Brett can't coach. Brett's just his friend. Brett, 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 Brett. Fire Brett, and we become great. Newsflash, guys. Brett's not here, and we're still not great. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey should be on the floor for 35 minutes a night. I would say 40, but that might be hurting the kid. I don't have a backup point guard. I don't have a backup ball handler. Tyrese Maxey needs to be on the floor. The reason we lost to the Nets two weeks ago is because of Doc Rivers. The reason we lost to the Hawks is both Doc Rivers and Ben Simmons. While one wants to go, one wants to stay, don't make the same mistake again, Philly. We kicked the talent out once in Jimmy in favor of the coach. Don't kick Ben out. Slightly different situation in favor of Doc. I thought Doc Rivers was going to be a great hire. I ignored a lot of the warning flags. I can't ignore them anymore. Something a little more positive. Flyers. Yes. Which is where I'm going to lean on for you. 
Flyers have started off, what are they, 5-0, 5-1-1? 4-1-1. 4-1-1. Yep. Hart is back to pre-COVID bubble form, bubble form too. I love the forecheck. They are getting their defense back to, once again, pre-bubble defense. And the moves Fletcher made in the offseason, as of now, are paying off. Yeah. The only problem is Ryan Ellis's injuries and Risto coming back from injury. Right. He's still getting acclimated to that blue line. He's looked good in Vancouver. They're out west right now, so yeah. they've looked decent in, in Edmonton and, and uh, a couple nights ago in Vancouver. So Risto, Risto Linen's getting his feet under him, but still question marks on how good he is. But, I mean, you can't deny the results of Cam Atkinson, Ryan Ellis, when he's on the ice. Hopefully he's back by the time they come back from this trip uh, Tuesday. Right. So, Like, Fletcher impressed me. I, I, wanted, a, I wanted a household superstar name. And I know in hockey it's very hard. Like, yeah, I can sit here and say I want a Crosby or a or a Vetchkin or McDavid or something. Like, I know it's incredibly hard to get that. But I look at the teams that have been successful for long stretches of time. And I'm just going to use Chicago as a an example. Keith, Taze, Kane. Like, I I need a. I need a household guy that is going to answer the bell. People keep telling me it's Drew. Now, this is going to be your first time hearing this. Out of oh, me. boy. I, ooh. Claude Giroux, to me, is not a superstar. He is a extremely good and extremely crucial player to the Flyers. Yeah. To me, he does not hold superstar status. I think it's an effect of being overshadowed by the Crosby and the Ovechkins that you're referring to. Because you have Washington south of us, Pittsburgh out west, and it's kind of like crap. Drew's flying under the radar. He's putting up points. He leads the teams. He leads the NHL since, I think they put, I think TNT said since 2011 in in power play. He leads the league in power play points. Which is pretty damn impressive. I get it. And what makes me laugh about hockey, and a lot of people, I don't know if they take it as, like, me bashing Drew. It's not me bashing Drew. Like, the whole the whole points thing in hockey to me is just, like, funny. Like, I get it. Yeah, because it's goals and assists. Right. Like, his goal number, I think it was, like, him. Was it him? Backstrom? I forget who was in that graphic. I saw Back- the graphic. Backstrom, Crosby, uh, I think Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Yeah. Those four. Like just off the top of my head, he has to be fourth on that list in goals. Yeah. Like, but, uh, total goals? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, my super, I need a superstar. I need 30 to 40 a year out of you. Yeah. And that's just n- never really been Giroux. He's no, never, no, no. He's a, he's a pass first. Right. Guy. Which, he's a setup which is fine. Like Playmaker. I said, he, he is crucial. Like, I yeah. like Claude Giroux. That's why Cam Atkinson is such a nice addition to this club. Right. The Flyers have always flourished when you had goal scores around Drew. Yep. I also need, I need that thirty to four, which is why I wanted Tarasenko in the offseason. Yeah. He didn't get moved. I know he's got shoulder problems, but like I need, like third period, five minutes to go, down one. I like I want to see X player on the ice and know he's hunting for goal. Yeah, and for he's that double shift. Yeah. Right, and like Drew can set you up to get you that. Yep. But there's so many times I watch Giroux where he kind of shies away from taking the shot. It's not, I don't even know if it's him shying away or just like looking for that next pass right. to set up that guy. And 
Because he'll take it when he has to. You saw that clapper he had against Edmonton. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. It was insane. Beautiful. And I got, I got ripped on it on Twitter. <laughs> I, I got ripped. They're like, oh, the Claude Giroux haters are quiet. And I was like, why? why? Nobody's hating on Claude Giroux. But it's funny how you said he's always looking for the extra pass. And, I'll, and this, I'm, I'm prepared for the backlash after I say this comment. All right. Let me prepare myself here. He reminds me of Ben Simmons. Oh, come on. No, no Greg. No, 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 no. Stop. No, no. I'm not talking <laughs> mental. I'm not talking. I'm this talking. is. I have. He looks to set everybody up first when there's times where he can be aggressive and take it Listen, himself. It, they got rid of the worst person that did that in Jacob Voracek. He was worse on the pass first over shoot than Claude Giroux, and they got rid of him. Claude Giroux, if we're comparing a flyer to Ben Simmons, that was Jacob Voracek, not Claude Giroux. Uh, Voracek was overrated in this in this town. Voracek's like Tobias Harris. That's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not a great comparison. It's not. It's not a great compliment. All right. Well, so while we're doing this, who was the Joel Embiid of the Flyers? Is it Hart? Uh, as in, like, I guess most important because Joel Sean Couturier, Sean Couturier over Hart. Yeah. Sean Couturier plays 200 feet. He plays all three phases of the game: power play, pen, penalty kill, and five on five. He can play in the blue zone, in the in your defensive zone, in your neutral zone. And what's Carter Hart? He's like, see, the goalie is the most important position. Agreed. But you can also you can't win an NBA championship on his with his center. Agreed. You need that goal scorer and that, or you need that full. Uh, all-around player, and that's Sean Couturier. So if, if so, I guess Carter Hart would be the Joel Embiid. Well, no, no, no. So, so I guess Sean Couturier would not be the the Joel Embiid because you need. They're both Joel Embiid's in some way, right? Because you can't win without goaltending, and you can't win without a guy that can play two hundred feet of ice. For 25 minutes a game. Like, I don't care if my goal scorer doesn't play a lick of defense. Yeah. I, I want I want 40 just head hunting. That's Cam Atkinson. I mean, Cam Atkinson's sniper. on a tear. He might flirt with that 35 to 40 range. Which is fine. And if he turns into that, thank you, uh, Fletcher. Thank you. Yeah. But I'm saying going in the offseason, I wanted the name. And I was so glad we got rid of Voracek. Not that I hated Voracek, but I felt like the Flyers were always... Like nostalgic, nostalgic. You needed right. to change the scenery. Yeah, like I, let's mix it up a little bit. Like yeah. we're getting our influx of youth. Like we can. Yep. That's why Joel Farabee got that contract this season. Right. Six years. Like Abe Kubel. See, Abe Kubel is is playing out like a guy that's a bum. He's playing too uh, carefree and wild. If you look that look at that knee on knee hit, he got fined for. Yeah. He's just racking up the penalty minutes that are dumb penalty minutes. So it's like I mean somebody's got to take place of Ronaldo and Gudis, right? Yeah, but y- you also need productivity. You got yeah, a little productivity every once in a while out of Gudis and Ronaldo, right? Maybe Gudis. You're not getting know. anything out of the out of out of Obey Kubel right now. Obey, Obey Kubel. It's a great name. I've also I've also waiting for uh, Shusko to come up here, mm-hmm. just for his namesake. I don't even know how good he's going to be. I just I want a Shusko jersey, so I'm waiting for him to come up. Yeah, it's gonna be the next jersey I buy. Good for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why he might be terrible, <laughs> but the the I'm, name I'm buying the jersey. Great, uh, top notch name, sports name. So you gotta you gotta yeah. buy into it. This is a great name. 
what was his name? First name Ma- Ma- Maxime. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Mm-hmm. I I gotta have it. All right, the Phillies. Outside of like we said, Wheeler, Real Muto, and Harper, this team is bare of talent. I don't agree with. I don't totally agree with the farm system is dead approach. I think they have talent in the farm system. I think it's, you know, mainly at double A and single A, but I do think they have talent coming up. Uh, Bryson Stott probably is starting the year in Philly. I don't think Dombrowski cares about the service time, anything or whatever. It's yeah, service time. I don't think DD will be back. Kutch won't be back. I'd be shocked if Odubo is back. Which means the Phillies need to get essentially two outfielders, a bullpen, maybe a second baseman, if you like Segura, and some starting pitching. Can they fill all of that free agent-wise? Probably not. I don't know why. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Mickey Moniak? Uh, you got to get you got to get out. He's never going to be anything more than a platoon. Oh no! Like they, you heard Girardi talk so about. Faith. You heard Girardi in the middle of the season because they. Uh, they I'm not a fan of Joe Girardi. But yeah, you heard him in the off in the middle of the season say like. Well, we don't see him as a center fielder anymore. We see him as a corner outfielder. Like, that's the ultimate, unless you're putting up numbers like Harper is. And Harper's way, his defense was the knock But when we signed him. But now you're seeing how good he is actually on the defensive side of the ball. Like, Moniak is, is a bum at this point. Like, that's nothing. Like, he's, he's not going to pan out to what you think he is. Because you drafted him in what, 2014, 2015? I think it was 16. So it's, it's been five years. And that the, the, you're already seeing the fruits of the labor on other draft picks in that year on other teams. So I, I think he's just going to be a forever platoon guy or a, just a double-A, triple-A guy that can play really well at that level. Then you call him up to the MLB, and he's like, I can't keep up with the speed here. It's bad. It's bad. I believe Mickey Monia can be an everyday MLB player. Oh, you and maybe seven other people. Fine. There's a lot of hills that I die on. There. I was going to say, like, man. What? The Brett Brown, the <laughs> Claude Giroux's not a superstar. The, uh, J.P. Crawford, I Phillies never should have got rid of him, but besides the point. Mickey Moniak is what now, 23? So he was drafted out of high school. He was 18. It's been five years. Things like 23, 22, 23. Every time he came up this year, he didn't play. Most importantly, in August, he was on a 16-game hit streak where I think he was hitting over 500. The Phillies called him up for eight days, and he got one at bat. Why don't we bring our young players up and play them? What is the point of bringing our young players up and letting them sit on the bench? I never understood the... You learn from watching. No. it's yeah. You learn from doing. In 2021, two-part question. Okay. 2021, how many at-bats, not plate appearances, at-bats did Mickey Moniak have? 
In the bigs or? In 2021. Yep, in the bigs. Sixty. Thirty-three. That that that's the problem. How many in the year since twenty sixteen now, his entire MLB career, how many at bats has he had? hundred. Forty seven. That's a problem. So I'm with you there. That's a problem. You gotta figure out what he is. Yeah, I I come but from But he's the, batting one twenty eight career. Yeah, in thirty at bats. Forty seven at bats. Right. Under one hundred and thirty three at bats in twenty twenty one. Harper on a 30 at bat streak could hit 100, but you wouldn't know because it's in the middle of the season. Right. I, I, I want, if Moniak is going to suck, and if he sucks, I'll come on and say it was wrong. I need to see him be bad. Like, if he gets one at bat once a series, how am I supposed to judge that? Like, I'm watching Acuna come up, play every day. Grant, I, I'm not saying Moniak is. He's not going to be. Like, my <laughs> no, he's not. But these teams, like the Braves, and that they bring up their young players and say, "Here, play. If you're good, you're going to stay. If not, we're going to move you." The Phillies are like, "We need you to be like a 500 hitter in AAA." It's like, no, just let him come up. Either he's going to sink or swim. Let them sink or swim. In the past ten years, this team has been garbage. So the fact that you've given none of your young players a shot to sink or swim when you're trying to be bad is baffling. Now, when you want to translate in the winning, you're like, I don't know. If they, yeah, now's probably not a great time for them to come up and sink or swim. But these past two years, when I was watching O'Double and Travis Janikowski and Jorge Bonifacio play center field, you're telling me Moniak is worse at center field than Jorge Bonifacio. I need to see it with my eyes that he's worse than Jorge Bonifacio. Adam Hazley. Adam Hazley hit like 400 in the SEC in baseball. We went to Virginia. What is that, the ACC? Yeah. Uh, AAC, excuse me. Hit 400 in Division One legit baseball. And See, I, I don't even know how to measure that because I, I, I'm not a baseball guy. Right, but like top top tier baseball, yeah. college baseball, SEC, SEC, ACC, like Virginia, right. LSU, Southern States, Tennessee, because you play all year. Right. Yeah. You're you're telling me he's gonna he can come up and play once a week and he's gonna develop into a player. Once again, we've been this bad. What do you lose by playing Adam Hazley? What do you lose? Oh, we're not gonna be very good. Well, newsflash, guys, you're not very good with the people you're paying $20 million. Adam Hazley's situation was weird, too, because he it, left and then came right. back. I still don't know what happened. Yeah. But I hope everything's all right. I've heard some things, but I hope he's I hope he's all right. Like, next year, actually, no, this past year, Moniak and Hazley should have been up here playing. I know Hazley had this thing, but before that. Moniak and Hazley should have been playing. When um, Odubel was facing the thing and the Phillies didn't want to play him, should have never been up here. Should have been Moniak and Hazley. Sink or swim, guys. Sink or swim. Now going into the offseason, now you kind of have to go get two outfielders unless you're going to give them a shot. And when I say give them a shot, I don't mean give them April and that's it. No, like June into July, give them a shot. You did it with Kingry. You gave Kingry money before he stepped foot on a baseball field. And you kept giving him a shot when it was clear he couldn't play Major League Baseball. Same thing with Spencer Howard. 
Same thing with some of these relievers that you keep throwing out here, like Hector Neris. Let's end with the Eagles. They have no head coach, and right now they have no quarterback. Who is more to blame? I blame Sirianni. He's your coach. You have to be able to look at Jalen Hurts and know his limitations. He's not that accurate. He's a one-read, pull-it-down-and-run guy. And he needs a running game. Three things that you completely neglect as a head coach. You're probably not going to fire Sirianni because it's a death sentence to Howie. And I don't think Howie's ready to kill his dream in Philly yet. Hertz might get a second year just because, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's really no stud. Oh my God, I have to have him quarterback. And I can't wait for an offseason of trade quarterback rumors involving Watson and Rodgers and Wilson and whoever else is going to become available. And then I have to settle through another draft with Howie Roseman. Did he do right on this draft? I mean, Smith, I think, will be fine once he gets a quarterback. Landon Dickerson, yay, battles injuries, but he's a good lineman. He's learning on the job. Especially with all the injuries. Right. And, I mean, Lane and Kelsey aren't going to be here much longer. Gainwell Gainwell looks really good. He's going to be the next Brian Dawkins. Or uh, Brian Brian Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. I can see it. He he has the the it. You look at football players, you're like, ah, that kid's good. Sorry, I never saw it in Miles Sanders. I also don't like Penn State. All right. Well, uh, but you also wanted Micah Parsons. Are you a Penn State fan? I went to Penn State, yeah. Oh, okay. No hard. I went to Temple. No hard feelings. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> you guys beat up on us a little bit. Not literally. You just steal all of our good recruits. <laughs> that, that's a that that's because Penn, Penn, uh, Philadelphia is never a college football town. That's true. So no one wants to come here. I agree. And Temple just, what are they down right now? 21 nothing. Yeah, they're going to finish. They're, they're, they're going to be finished 3 and 9. Oh, they're so bad. They're a bad football team. I knew this moment Matt Rule walked out the door. I was like, "Yep. Oh, well, there You're goes regressing back." Oh, it's bad. Can't even beat ECU. <sighs> Did you play ECU? East Carolina? Yeah. I think they played them this year. And they lost. Probably. I don't follow. Cuz ECU's football. a bad football team too. I follow Texas football way more than I follow Temple. Good. I'm more of a Texas fan than Yeah. Fan. Let's be honest. Most Penn or uh Temple students are not full-time. <laughs> Penn State. Or, they, uh, they drive to Happy Valley on Saturdays. Oh, trust Penn me. State. I remember my time. Yes. You guys called, hey, can we stay at a house? It's it's St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Give me 100 bucks for booze. Right. You moochers. Not you. Yeah. Not me. You know there. who you are if you're I was only there for a semester. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, for the landscape of Philly sports, it's very bleak. And where, where, does, where are we going in the next nine weeks? I don't know. Sixers are kind of stagnant. The Flyers are the only team pointing up. The Eagles are trending downward. And the Phillies are in a holding pattern. The The last three months, wow, bad. The last two months of 2021 
are going to answer every question we have about the direction of these four teams. And I didn't think I'd be saying on October 30th, 2021, that the Flyers are the only team with the arrow pointing up. I have two stars in basketball. I have a well-renowned coach and GM. Baseball, I spent $330 million on Harper. Wheeler was a Cy Young candidate and had the best catcher in baseball. Eagles, a couple years ago, I had a great coach-quarterback relationship. The quarterback was an MVP candidate. And I'm, I'm just staring at a barren wasteland right now. Like we do every week on the Philly Eye, I'm going to give you guys a couple fantasy. You play fantasy football? I'm a better. I take the money line. Oh, I, good. I, I got a segment of that too. So you're yeah. right in. All right. I got out. Of, I got out of fantasy a while ago, but I want to hear. I want to hear who who we should be picking. All right. So I do a little stardom situm type thing because I'm in like 20 fantasy leagues. Not all for money. I'm just a fantasy. See, that's player. too much. You need help. <sighs> it's 20. Yes, I'm probably. I'm probably being generous. I think I'm in... Do you do public leagues, like just random join, random leagues? I do, but I really only do it to understand the draft board. Like where That's fair. Are. Yeah, where like, everyone's going to fall. I pay attention, but See, I'm, I'm not with like, you. oh my God. Like this. Because when, when I was in the throes of it, I would do like the mock drafts of fantasy drafts. No, I do like actual... And that's insane. Like season-long leagues, but I'll kind of just like set it. Yeah, and forget not, it. And yeah. Set it and forget it. Right. I get, I'm with that. But uh, one player that I really like this week is Damian Harris against the Chargers. Now, on paper, it probably doesn't look right because New England has a top 10 run defense. But, or the uh, Chargers are really good with run defense. But I believe Harris is teetering on being like a matchup-proof player. One, because they have a rookie quarterback. And wouldn't you know, if you run the ball, you help a rookie quarterback. Wild. <laughs> Josh McDaniels is probably, like I said, going to lean on the running back to help Mac Jones. And while the Chargers defense is good, it's not brick wall good. I think this is going to be a high pace, high scoring game. And Dam- once the Patriots get in the red zone, it's Damian Harris, Damian Harris, and Damian Harris. And once they lost James White, he's actually been a factor in the passing game. So I think Damian Harris is a good starting option. I don't think there are many teams on a bye this week. So you might not be hurting uh, with players on a bye. But Damian Harris would be a great starting option if you're looking for a running back for the week. The Ravens and Raiders are the only team on a bye. Ravens have no true running back, and Raiders had Josh Jacobs. So you might be all right, but if you want to, I'd say throw Damian Harris in there against Chargers. And number two, and you're probably going to scratch your head when I say this, DJ Moore. DJ Moore started the year, I think, as like a top three wide receiver because Sam Darnold did nothing but throw to DJ Moore, and their offense looked great. Yeah, Sam Darnold's struggling, and it's pretty much done a complete 180 from what he started as with the Panthers. Atlanta's not very good, and both of these defenses are struggling. It's a divisional game. And I actually expect this to be like a shootout. I think DJ Moore gets targeted early and often. And I 
and for my sake. I also hope he gets in the end zone. But I think this is a big bounce back for DJ Moore. I don't think he's had a game less than seven targets and anything less than 70 yards. Um, I mean, the first couple of games he was had, he was eight for 115 plus every week, which was a bit of an anomaly, but I think he gets back to his seven to nine catches for about 100 yards against Atlanta, who seemingly to be struggling this year and makes that Eagles win look even less impressive by the week. And then a couple players I would steer clear of. I'll say sit them. Terry McLaurin against Denver. Um, I feel like this game is just going to be uh, 2017, slug it out, battle it out type game. Not a lot of high scoring back and forth. Mediocre quarterback play on both sides with Bridgewater and Heineke. And Terry McLaurin is going to be matched up against Pat Sertain. Uh, matchup I'm not really too fond of because Sertain's pretty good. Also somebody I would have taken to respect, but I don't make the calls there. And then Tyler Boyd. I was so wrong on Tyler Boyd. I thought when adding Chase, it would just open up the middle of the field. I neglected that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have like a bromance that is undestroyable. Yeah, it's, it, it's you can't touch it. No. Jamar Chase might be a top five wide receiver already. Might be top two. Fantasy or just in like a league? Just in, just in the league. Who's one? I mean, you got... There's you, only one answer. I was seeing if you're... No. Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you going to say? You know, he might be one. But I mean... Next year, he's a clear top 15 fantasy pick. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, the first six will probably be running backs again. Someone will take Kelsey. Adams. He might be a top 12 fantasy pick. Yeah, he's going to be in the Adams. Yeah, it's going to be Adams Chase probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jefferson... Because Jefferson is just going to, like, he's good. But I think last year's a ceiling. Right. But that was a really high ceiling. Right. But he's, he's his quarterback. Like, I'll take Joe Burrow over Kirk Cousins. Like, oh, of course. Yeah. Joe Burrow Joe Burrow is going to be a good. What would have been great is if Cincinnati took Jefferson. They had Jefferson chasing Burrow. Like, that, oh that would have been That would have been pretty fun. funny. Right. Just LSU's championship team again. Right. But Tyler Boyd. Like, T. T. Higgins is uh, over him right now. And Boyd is just a touchdown-dependent player. They're playing the Jets. Burrow and Chase will probably have three touchdowns together, and then they'll probably just run the ball. So, Boyd will be looking, you know, looking for the ball again. But I'm not giving up completely on Tyler Boyd, but for the foreseeable future, I wouldn't play him, especially this week against the Jets. Now, my picks of the week. And I've been terrible this year. One and eight. Oh. However. All right, we'll bounce back. You're due. Right. I'm You're due. due. However, I, I've missed. Like a couple weeks ago, the I picked the Bengals to beat the Packers on that field goal back and forth crap. Uh, I'm more like two and seven, but it's okay. <laughs> so I got three. And feel free to give me your own if you want to throw some out to the listening audience. 
Uh, what do you what do you bet on? Like what are your what are your sites? What do you DraftKings? DraftKings is my my go to. Do you yeah. have any other ones or? No, because if I go if I spread myself out again, I'm I'm gonna run into a problem. My wife's not gonna be happy with me. Okay. If I stick to one, and I just I should because I'm up a little. I'm up. I'm, I started with fifty. I'm at one. I'm at like one fifty right now. Okay. So I'm up a bit, but up about a hundred. I should start spreading that money out so I don't lose as much in one one right. thing. Well, and take advantage of the new deposits and all that crap. Yeah. Oh, that's how you make the that's how you make the money in the betting world. Yeah. All right. I got uh Colts Titans over under is fifty and a half. Okay. I'm going over. I like the over. I feel like it's gonna be uh once again, divisional game, back and forth. Yeah. Um I just realized I have to change this one. It was originally going to be the Texans plus fourteen and a half. Against the Rams, because I was trending toward um, Tyrod Taylor playing this week, because he was activated off the IR. Right. And I was like, oh, 14 and a half with Tyrod Taylor. Like, Texans actually look like a team with Tyrod Taylor. Right. <laughs> Davis Mills, no. No. They have no shot. So I'll change that one in a second. But that's 16 on DraftKings. Oh my God. Uh, see, they're smart. They're like, ah, oh, 14 and a half will be nice. Then yeah. it was, yeah. Then the other one is the Jaguars plus three and a half at Seattle. <sighs> Seattle's not that good without Russell Wilson. No. And rookie quarterbacks coming off a bye. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Trevor Lawrence. He was starting to play well before the bye. Now he had a week off. Said straight, Seattle's defense isn't that good. I think he goes into Seattle and he uh, covers. Whew. I lean Seattle on that one. Minus four. Seattle. Is it up to minus four now? Minus four. I'm going off DraftKings. We'll, we'll, okay. Well, we'll go off your line. We'll go off your line. What's your line? Uh, I got to pull it back up. Let's see. It was with Seattle, Jacksonville. Where are we? But I have no faith. You can never have faith in Geno Smith. Oh, God, no. He's terrible. This is Fox. I guess it's Fox Sports. It's still three and a half on there. See, there I, I might buy the half point and take the Jaguars. I, I just don't. Like, a lot of NFL is quarterback. Like, the better quarterback wins. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Geno Smith, right. that's for sure. Right. Yes. He's not saying much, but. But he's right. Right. Like, they lost to Pittsburgh. And Ben Roethlisberger is on his last leg yeah. or arm or whatever you want to Whatever say. you want to say. Knee, motorcycle. Right. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> no, it was perfect. All right. Let's find another one other than that Texans one because that's a joke. Um. This seems like stealing money. The Chiefs are only a 10-point favorite against the Giants. Yeah, that's a weird line. In Kansas City on it's, Monday night. It's because they're hyping up the, the, the bad game that Mahomes had last week. And he's hurt. But I think he's playing. Yeah, he's playing. So, yeah, I would take that. I'm taking Kansas City minus 10. I think that it's never good when you play a good team. When they're in the midst of like a poor, like a poor streak, mm-hmm. especially when you're playing the best quarterback in football, I bet this is the week. Patrick Mahomes looks like 
vintage Patrick Mahomes. MV- MVP. And they yeah. just boat race the New York Giants. The Giants have nothing. No Saquon, no Tony, no Galladay. Jabril Peppers is hurt. Daniel Jones isn't that good. And Joe Judge shouldn't be a coach. No, he's I, right up there with Sirianni. Yeah. They need I, to be coaching high schools. And Yeah, and Andy Reid is probably just, like, fed up. And he doesn't like the Giants who's time with the Eagles. And I think he's like, you know, we'll beat you by 30. Yeah. It's prime time. Why not? Air it out. Have fun. Yep. So I'll take the Chiefs minus 10. I like it. I'll take that. I'm also taking the Chargers over the Patriots. What's that I, line? Four Money and line half, or Four and a half on DraftKings. Four and a half. See, I think they're overhyping the schmackdown that the Patriots had against the Jets last week. So they're overhyping this team. Yeah. Mac Jones isn't that good. You don't like Mac Jones? I don't I'm not bought into Mac Ooh, Jones okay, yet. Okay, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Rank Mac Jones, two, and Jalen Hurts. Two is three. Two, oh, is, two is terrible. God. Two is going to be replaced. That's why, do, what do you mean? Deshaun Watson is a favorite to go to Miami now. Yes. No. Two is three. Mac Jones, two. Oh, God. No. Hurts is one. Oh, Because my. we don't know enough oh. about Hurts. The oh, good of Hurts no. is good. If he has a real coach, maybe maybe something will change. I will drive. I'll go pick up Mac Jones or Tua and bring him. I <laughs> To me, it's Mac, Tua, and Jalen. Yeah, I, Tua's terrible, man. I don't. Terrible. He might be terrible, but I know for a fact Jalen's worse than him. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, if I had to pick between Tua and Hurts, I might just go Wildcat and not have a quarterback. But right. if I had to pick one, I'm taking Tua. Oh my God. Oh no, I'm the, taking Tua. you're taking you're going too far. Uh, Danny Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Come on. Danny Daniel Jones is not a quarterback either. And we know that enough. We have enough of a blueprint. So if I said Hertz is a is in that twenty to twenty five range in tiers of top quarterbacks. Yeah. Too high or too low? Fair. Fair? Yeah, it's a fair number. Because I think Tua and Mac Jones are around that too. Tua might be in the thirties. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Nah. Nah. I got you. Oh, my. <laughs> Mac Jones number three. Oh, I love Mac Jones. I, I would do anything to get Mac Jones in the <laughs> All right. So as we wrap it up, I usually give, like, an individual recap for, like, each team in Philly. But because we did, like, a landscape, this is going to be very generic. For me, the word of the year so far has been... We'll call it pivot. The coaches in the city have had to pivot to either a missing player, trades made, rookies, or organizational misassessments on players. GMs have had to maneuver different players, disgruntled players, upset coaches, and battle whether to go all in or stay put. Players are still adjusting to the new roles like in the NBA. New procedures in the NFL, new training methods, or dare I say being compared to plants. But the fans have had to pivot a lot too. 
We enter one season with a certain expectation, then we have to reassess where we are. Oftentimes, it's not a one-and-done assessment or pivot. Like the Phillies. There were three or four times this past season where people at one time said, oh, this is time to buy into the Phillies. And then there were equally as many times where people were like, I'm out. The Sixers went from what are we to a one seed to out in the second round to now having disgruntled superstars and just being flat out stagnant. The Flyers just two seasons ago were on the cusp of dominance, a hot goalie, balanced scoring, and strong defense. Yet, we start off with another season great, but last year's disappointment for some reason still looms. The Eagles went from franchise quarterback and coach to disgruntled coach, no answer quarterback, to now a young coach that seems in over his head. And yes, a GM that is still at the center of all of this. Are all these situations permanently bad or headed for destruction? No. The Sixers still have Joel Embiid, a GM that's aggressive and smart. Flyers have seemingly rebuilt their defense in front of Hart, added more goal scoring. The Phillies hired Dombrowski a year ago, and he now has a full offseason to do some work and change the look of the roster to his liking. And then there's the Eagles. Where do we go? We entered this season with little expectations, except to compete in the NFC East. Eight weeks in, we're not really doing that. Coaching leaves more questions and answers, and the quarterback, the quarterback seemingly hasn't grown since his time in Alabama. Let's paint a picture of optimism. We have three ones in cap space. We have Joel Embiid. We have Bryce Harper. Carter Hart. Couturier. Fletcher. Maury. Dombrowski. Roseman. They all have a track record. They're all known for going all in. They don't accept losing. They don't accept being the laughing stock of their respective sport. As we wind down 2021, Philadelphia's sports scene as a whole can be described as stuck at a crossroad. Luckily, or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, all four teams are headed in a different direction. It's just up to the Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, and Flyers to all regroup and realign with a similar goal. Dominance and longevity. It's pretty simple, Philadelphia. The city buys in to talent and winning. Put your best foot forward and we support you. You try to fool us and you try to cover up what we know is lackluster? We call you out for it. No harm. We don't hate you, Ben. We just want to see you do your best. So, Philly, I say this lightly. Take all the time you need. Just understand we're all fighting for one goal. A championship. But not just one. Dominance and longevity. Bill, thank you for producing. This has been another episode of the Philly Eye Podcast. We'll be back next week. We give a recap of the Eagles and Lions. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Lions this week, guys. I hope I'm wow. wrong. Wow. I hope I'm wrong.
What I, is the line? Did you say what the line I was? I didn't. Let's take a quick look. But I, I, gosh, I hope I'm wrong. I wonder what DraftKings line is. Because you're uh, taking the, just the money line. You're not taking. Yeah, I'm outright. taking the money line. It's uh on Fox. It's three and a half. Eagles are favored minus three and a half. Oh wait, that's what. Eagles are plus three and a half because of the Chargers next week already, if you want to know. Minus three and a half favorites. Wait, wait, wait. We're three and a half point underdogs next week against the Chargers at home? Early on, yeah. It's not good, man. I might take the Chargers. Uh, minus three and a half against the Lions. Yep. Uh, what's the money line for the Lions? Fox says plus, plus 155. It's about the same. Yeah. I'm taking the Lions. Been another episode of the Philly Eye Podcast. We'll be back next week recapping the Eagles-Lions. Um, it might be on a Friday because my one of my good friends is getting married um, next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll recap the wedding, too. Why not? I already recapped one wedding this year on the pod. We'll recap the second one. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. Well, not me. But, yeah, congratulations, Cody. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, on the Philly iPod. Have a good one, guys.